Yep, we should be good now. You got to go in there. Ah, uh, should get show notes up first. Okay. Guess I'll cut that out. Going live in three, two. Broken Fuse Podcast. Uh, it's Saturday, March 24th. It's been a little while since our last podcast. So uh, we're back with uh, John this week. So uh, yeah, let's get back into uh, our regular schedule. Yeah, but it's good to be back. I haven't actually been back in a while. Yeah, so uh, what have you been uh, playing recently? Recently, uh, I've mostly been on my 3DS with a lot of... Zelda 3DS, Ocarina of Time, Mario Kart 7, and of course Super Mario Land. Also, should know right at this moment, I'm actually playing uh, Skyward Sword on Wii, which is also a good game to pick up. Yeah, it's uh, your regular host, Marcus, here, and uh, I've been playing a hell of a lot of uh, Tales of Graces F on my PS3. A bit of a uh, Chrono Trigger on my uh, PSP from the, the download store, uh, Tales of uh, of the Abyss on my 3DS, and I just picked up uh, Kid Icarus Uprising on the 3DS. Great game, although there's a bit of a learning curve for the controls, if you're interested in that game. Great, great game nonetheless, even though the controls aren't perfect. Yeah, I played a little bit of Kid Icarus off of Marcus's DS, and I'm liking what I played so far, so it's a game I'm probably gonna pick up in the next week. If I haven't picked up a new game, and that'll probably be it. Yeah, talking about classic games, our poll for uh, this season is what's your favorite Zelda t- uh, title of all time? And as per usual, Ocarina of Time tops our list at 33%. The one I voted for. Yeah. Uh, and our second one is uh, Skyward Sword at 12%, which is kind of surprising. We have Link to the Past at 12%, Wind Waker at 10%, Majora's Mask 10%, Link's Awakening, both versions, which includes a DX version, at 5%. Tied with it, that is uh, Master Quest and Twilight Princess at 5% as well. Phantom Hourglass, 2%. Ocarina of Time 3D, 2%. Along with Spirit Tracks and Minish Cat. And of course, unfortunately, Four Swords Adventure, Link to Pass in Four Swords, Oracle of Seasons and Ages, Zelda 2, and the original Legend of Zelda, ranked at the bottom of our scale, or pulled this time. So, uh, what do you think of, uh, what would be your top five Zelda games, John? Top five Zelda games. Mind, I'm not going to count the 3DS version of Ocarina. I'm just going to go based on the very first version, including any remakes. My number one has to be um, Legend of Zelda on uh, 64, followed by Skyward Sword. Third place, I would put Link to the Past. 
fourth place I would put uh, four swords. Fifth place. Oh wait, no. Fourth place I'll put toilet. Then fifth place I'll put four swords. Uh, for uh, for me I'd put uh, in no particular order. My top five are Ocarina of Time, Skyward Sword, Link's Awakening, Twilight Princess, and the last one would be Wind Waker in my top five. And when I talked about uh, Ocarina of Time, that also includes Master Quest because that's kind of... I mean, I know it's a different adventure, but it's still a spin on your... still a spin on Ocarina of Time, just makes it harder. But yeah. And some might lump in the Oot 3D in that category as well, although we had to split it up as it is an up... Uh, well, it's pretty... Well, it's been revamped to lump it both it has both Ocarina of Time and Master Quest on that one cartridge yeah that and well, the upgraded graphics plus a little bit of extra just makes it a, a remastered game more or less but yeah yeah so uh, I guess we'll uh, roll right into our news uh, the Raspberry Pi, which is like your basic computer, which uh, sells for I think thirty-five bucks, totally sold out when it was launched, which isn't surprising. Uh, I don't think there's too much to talk about that particular system. Uh, another big story that came out at the beginning of the month was uh, the the passing of uh, Ralph McQuarrie, which was was a uh, which happened on March 3rd 2012 uh, he was a technical illustrator for Boeing at first but uh, he ended up doing concept art for a lot of uh, some of the most memorable franchises out there like Star Wars the original trilogy E.T. the Extraterrestrial and Battlestar Galactica and he act- actually got an uncredited role as General McCoy in Star Wars Episode 5 so, uh, yeah, there's, do you have anything to say on that topic? Uh, not really. I mean, it's, other than it's a tragic death, but, eh. What more can I really say? Yeah, speaking about tragic, uh, earlier this month, uh, EA pulled a lot of, and, uh, other publishers pulled games from all of the, Game stores, slash game slash game station stores in Europe, I think. And uh, unfortunately, uh, game and game station hasn't been able to find a willing suitor to uh, pick their stores up, and right. they'll be closing down. I think Monday, they're they'll be officially uh, done for. It's their end game, basically. Yeah, it's never good when you see games just being <coughs> thrown like that. Yeah. And I guess there's not too much to talk about that. And we'll roll on to our next topic, which is uh, Forza Horizon. And it's just uh, announced uh, earlier this month. 
which is another huge uh, racing slash simulator game. And I think it's uh, launching uh, later this year. We haven't had too many details as uh, they haven't really said too much about anything about it except that it's been announced and that's it. Just like with most games. Yeah. You never have enough details, you just know maybe the platform is about it. Which is Microsoft's uh, 360. And of course, uh, talking about the 360, uh, Mass Effect 3 released a couple weeks back. And although it's a great game, uh, a lot of uh, fans have been disgruntled about the ending, which I don't know too much about. I haven't even gotten that far. I mean, I picked it up a couple of weeks ago and I'm still at the beginning, so... Once I have finished Mass Effect, I can probably comment on, on that in a later podcast. Yeah. Just from my perspective. Because I've been reading that as well, but I haven't gotten to the ending to know really yet. Yeah, and uh, we haven't had too much uh, news on Sony, except that uh, the PS Vita sales are, aren't exactly doing too well. They've been hanging around the 10,000 mark in Japan. For uh, weekly sales, so they're averaging about forty k per month, <coughs> which is not that great. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, at this point, since it's a new release, I think it's like with most systems. I think people are just either waiting for a price drop or waiting to see what it can do. I mean, I the three DS is uh, was a little was around the same thing. I mean. It hit the two fifty launch price. It didn't sell too well, and then you had two price drops, and then took off. The PSP Vita is probably going to be something along that. But I think the most, the main thing that is really hurting uh, the PSP Vita's um, sales is probably the, mem- the, the memory, memory cards yeah. are ridiculously expensive yeah. for what they're worth. Yeah, especially since. They're not like your standard SD cards that you, you plug into a phone or a camera. They're like only for that. and Yeah, and you can't even use your old PSP memory cards or any of the Pro Duos that you have lying around. Yeah. I mean, they should have just adapted the storage system that the 3DS did. They have those SD cards. And if you go to any like Best Buy or Future Shop, for those that are in... North America. I mean. North America. You can probably pick up a 32 gig SD card for what? 40 bucks? Maybe. F- not even. Uh, a 16 gig. You could probably pick up for 25 bucks or around under 30 bucks. You can yeah. You can get a 16 gig. Like a reasonably 16 gigs reasonable to- performance SD card for about 30 bucks. Like not top of the line, but like reasonable, reasonably priced SD card. 30 yeah, so and that's those, and those are and those, as I said, they can go work on the three DS, your cameras, anything. Unlike the PSP Vitas, are just for the PSP Vita. So yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate, of course. And I think we'll just uh, roll along to our next uh, topic, which is uh, the Binding of Isaac, as we all know, is a huge. Uh, pretty big uh, indie game that's going around was actually slated for 3DSware 
But unfortunately, Nintendo mulled over its decision, had a bit of uh, internal discussion, and they aren't going to release it due to uh, re- uh, religious overtones, which is uh, unfortunate that this had to happen. Uh, let me start off with... I know how that's affected. Let me just start off with uh, making a reference to one of my favorite games. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. This, this happened, the same thing happened to that game as well. I'm not sure if you know the changes between version 1 and version 2. The Fire Temple music changed because of the gospel chanting. The Gerudo symbol changed because it represents Islam. I just think that people shouldn't really take religious symbols too seriously in games. I mean, I don't think nobody was meaning, meant no harm by these things, but... Just ruins a good game like that. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, with uh, *Binding of Isaac*, you'll have to find other avenues to uh, get your hands on it if you haven't played it yet. Unfortunately, you won't be getting it from uh, Nintendo. But speaking of Nintendo, uh, *Pokémon Black 2 and White 2* are is uh, coming to North America and Europe in the fall, and also uh, I think it's coming over to. Uh, Australia in uh, late spring, which is uh, definitely great since, uh, as you know, uh, most games take 6 to 12 months to uh, do a bit of a transition from Japan to uh, other languages. Uh, What do you think? Uh, Plus, uh, I don't think you were here for the discussion on uh, the whole announcement thing on black, white, and Black 2 and White 2 uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, I've heard about their... uh, I know that there's been an announcement of a second one. Um, What's the question again? Uh, Basically your opinion on the announcement uh, that they have instead of the traditional two that get launched in the beginning of uh, the series. Like, they're usually clumped in like you have your base two, and then one comes up yeah, later on. Which is like kind of a hybrid version of the two. Yeah. Like they've been doing it all this time, like since second generation with um, gold and silver, and then you got your crystal. Yeah. yeah. Well, they kind of did it with the first generation with uh, blue and red, and then they had uh, yellow. Yellow. Yeah. yeah, I just couldn't think of the. I couldn't think of the first generation one, so I just. Quarter second generation, but yeah. Yeah, although they had green, I think it was green and red, was it in Japan first gen? For yeah, it, green. Yeah, green was originally what blue was. It's green and red, yeah. Green still, a, green you might be able to get a hold of, but yeah, it's the Japanese version. Uh yeah, uh, although you can uh, grab uh, leaf green and uh, fire red now, yeah. as they did do a remake for the GBA. Back in 2004. Yeah, actually, have, I think I have Leaf Green somewhere, if I remember. I have Fire Red at home. Which was also a nice, nice, which was a nice uh, revamp on the game. With the addition and the new Pokemon and all that. Having access to the second generation Pokemon and all that. Yeah, what would be nice actually is uh, if they released a uh, green, red, blue and yellow on uh, 
the eShop on the 3DS. That would be pretty cool and it'd make loads of money. Yeah, I know. Because most of us grew up on these games. Like, we literally grew up with the franchise, even though it's kind of gone downhill after the second and third generation. Yeah, most most Pokemon fans would probably say the series has gone downhill with second, with third generation with Ruby and Sapphire, but... It kind of leveled off around there, and it... It didn't really add anything new when... Well, it kind of was a little bit new with uh, um, Pearl and Diamond, but I guess you really didn't have anything interesting till we had fifth generation with uh, Black and White. Right? We're up to fifth generation, right? Uh, somewhere along the lines of that, I think. Yeah. Because he'll... Because... With fifth generation, actually kind of brought us back to what first generation offered. Because if you've noticed with uh, 3 and 4, you can still access the old Pokemon and you didn't really touch on the new Pokemon too well. But with fifth generation, you didn't get to generation 1 and 4 Pokemon until you beat the game, which was a new, which is a nice add. Yeah. I mean, I've been disappointed with the series past for fourth generation, but that nice touch with fifth generation actually kind of brought me back to Pokemon. Yeah, and hopefully with uh, the Black 2 and White 2, they do uh, bring their A game to this, as as many of us that grew up with the franchise have kind of fallen off the wagon of sorts. Yeah, as I said. Fourth generation didn't interest me. It's only till fifth generation that they kind of brought me back to my childhood, kind of. Yeah, and trust me that we've probably spent more hours on Pokemon. Some of us have spent at least like over a hundred hours per playthrough, at least. I remember in Fire Red, I logged close to ninety hours just trying to complete the decks. I know it's crazy. But I have have done it. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, some of us old timers remember the the item hack with uh, <laughs> talking to the old man in Viridian, going flying to uh, Cinnabar Island, surfing on the right coast until you hit a missing no. And then I think it was either your fifth or sixth item. You had to. Uh, that was your sixth, yeah. Sixth item, I think. Yeah, as you said. And it'll duplicate your six item. Just make sure it's uh, an item you can actually use, like uh, numbered items, not like bikes or whatever. Because yeah. I actually did that once with, uh, made that mistake once with one of my save files. Like, what the crap? Didn't duplicate my items. Check, deposit my bike. What the hell? Why do you still have my bike in my pack? Then I figured it out. <laughs> I duplicated to- my bike. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty retarded. Yeah, I still found it epic with uh, occasionally on that on that coast when you're trying to catch missing. I mean, trying to find missing. Though you came across uh-huh. Snorlaxes that were level 158, and I was going, 
Wow. And then you give it work and it goes to 100. What a bummer. Yeah. And like super high level Nidorina. Like 100 plus, like 130, 140 level. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they were usually 158. You catch Snorlaxes. Most Snorlaxes electro, electrodes occasionally. And sometimes you'd find a Kangaskhan, like level zero Kangaskhan or something. Yeah. Which is uh, pretty funny. <laughs> oh, all the hacks. Yeah, and like if you get catch Pokemon above level 100, you can actually give them rare, so many rare candies that it becomes level 999. But the problem with that is that if they gain any experience, they go back to 100. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that you could get it up to level 999. Yeah, there were rare ones that did that. So I guess this uh, ends our podcast for uh, this week. And we will see you in probably about two weeks. Oh, good timing. I finally figured out what I'm doing in in Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Because I've been spending the podcast running around. So yeah, we will see you in about two weeks. And hopefully uh, we'll have something, uh, a couple more people on. So we will see you later. I'll try to have Mass Effect 3 done to give my insights on the ending, but I don't know. We'll see.